You're about to listen to the IC News Podcast. We hope you enjoy it. If you do, please take a second to leave us a rating, and a review, on whichever platform you're listening on. Spread the word, share the link, and tell your friends about us. We rely on your support, and we'd love for more people to hear the show. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. As protests across the United States continue to rage and the coronavirus pandemic claims 40,000 lives in the UK, we take comfort in the fact that this can't possibly be the darkest timeline because the police haven't shot it yet. Grant Shapps makes face coverings mandatory on public transport from June 15th, meaning women across the UK may soon be able to finally get through a whole train journey without being told by a man to smile more. It is revealed during Prime Minister's questions that the government ignored Labour's offer to work together on schools reopening, presumably because Boris Johnson saw the sort of help Keir Starmer gave to Jeremy Corbyn on Brexit. And finally, comedian Lee Francis has apologised for the black characters he played in Bo Selector, meaning he now only has to apologise for all of the others and everything else he's ever done. Hello and welcome. You're listening to IC News, the only network secure enough in its masculinity to cry at the notebook in front of you. We're here with all the latest stories and political insights from across the multiverse, in a week when it's becoming increasingly obvious that Earth Prime itself might not be the hottest holiday destination in the Dimensional Handbook. It's been a fun week here in our reality, if your idea of fun is a catastrophic global pandemic and the endless rise of fascism. Protests in the US continue nightly following the death in police custody of George Floyd, an unarmed black man. Here at the network, I could offer my thoughts and voice my support for the calls for equality. I could muse endlessly from a position of privilege about the root causes of racism and wonder aloud about just what can be done about all of it. I could write a heart-wrenching dramatic script about the struggles of a woman of colour and then cast Scarlett Johansson to play her in the film. I could do all of these things, but it turns out it's actually surprisingly easy to just employ a black person and actually give them a voice instead. That's right. We're great, and it's a pleasure to welcome our newest correspondent, Shay Burnley. Hi Sam, thanks for inviting me to be part of the team and a correspondent on the launch of IC News. Launch? We've been running from October, Shay. O- October? How many episodes have you done? Oh, um, well this is episode 21. Oh, well, well, hmm. well at least I've finally got a platform to talk about a variety of subjects and express my opinions. Uh, What do you want me to chat about? Cummings lying? Should the premiership return? The crisis facing entertainment venues? Well, I just thought, what with your particular skill set, that you'd be covering all the black stuff that's been going on this week? For fuck's sake. This is Obama 2012 all over again. Hey, Che, do you want to come on the radio and chat about your new president? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot Alden was part of the US Federal Republic. Praise be. Free at last. Thank God you've unearthed this new thing, Sam. Racism? Is that what you call it? Wow, where did that spring from? Seven months of a show, and you only just asked me to... Gather yourself. I wonder, despite only being a couple of weeks old, this racism thing, will it just be a passing fad like Tamagotchi's or Esther McVeigh? 
Oh, I think racism is more popular than Esther McVeigh. And there's no need to be so sarcastic. I just assume. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't tell a black person what tone to take. You're lucky that sarcasm is the only emotion I'm feeling right now. Also, you know what Assume did? Assume made you sound like you were going to say something stupid and probably racist. Now be a good boy and be quiet while someone more qualified takes over. Oh, I'm starting to feel patronised and undervalued. <laughs> uh, you're starting to get the black experience, Sam. Don't worry, I wasn't prepared for this, but all the different chains in the multiverse are psychically linked and can communicate through thought alone. Oh, wow, really? For fuck's sake, mate. For someone who runs a satire site, your sarcasm radar is so off. To be fair, though, this is one instance where we do all look the same and are technically related. Don't you fucking dare play that sound effect at me. I'm sorry, we bought this sound desk off the Deaf Comedy Jam lot. It does that automatically whenever a black man drops a zinger. You are on thin ice, Gore. But back to the point. No, we're not linked. Instead, I'll be using black interdimensional Twitter to find out what's occurring for black lives on alternate Earths. So anyway, after the isolated and out-of-the-blue incident of a police officer murdering George Floyd by using tactics only seen in brutal dictatorships or the WWE, which is roughly the same thing, people around the Oval Office were left asking, how come we've never heard of this thing before, and how can we blame it on the victims, and why is it illegal to bang my daughter? After other isolated incidents worldwide and historically of Eric Garner, Emmett Till, Sandra Bland, David Dungay... Tamir Rice, Breonna Taylor, Alton Sterling, Botham Jean, Dalian Atkinson, Trayvon Martin, Philando Castile, Sean Rigg, Ahmed Aubrey, just to name a few, the murder of Floyd seems to have made whites genuinely upset and determined to stand up, protest and combat these literal crimes against humanity. And black people are genuinely thankful to gain such allies, but are also wondering whether or not this is some kind of trap. Forgive us, it is just like the police justifications into these killings, that although it should have nothing to do with it, you do have previous. I will be honest though, I sort of get the feeling that everyone had just run out of the stuff to watch on Netflix, and we're just bored enough to give a shit about this now. So anyway, I'm going to run through some of my DMs of what's been happening to Chase of the multiverse, who despite presented with a multitude of life options and pathways, seem to all have ended up doing this show. First up is the Earth Umberto ecosystem, where Che13 reports that peaceful protests, where they all took a knee, seem to work at solving the underlying problems of police mistrust. Well, there you go, that's a nice one to start with. As it allowed the military to mow them down easily. Oh, well that's dark. Have you been watching our news? Oh, on Earth, Ico Ico Ene, Che2 is reporting that the whole planet is governed by social media and that privileged influencers, instead of pretending they're fixing up shops or pretending that they've been tear gassed or pretending that they're actually at the protests, have brought together the world as black, brown, yellow, white, every race, colour and creed have joined together to kick the shit out of these vapid self-absorbed twats. Sorry. Allegedly, Trump is in hiding after an attempt to orchestrate a photo opportunity holding a Bible outside a church to appeal to his base of religious zealots and money worshippers. He not only tear-gassed the very priests he professed to care about, but he also set fire to the Bible with the burning cross he was holding. Oh, come on. This is just as much on you as it is me. On Earth, Toxvig, where the civil rights movement meant that all blacks had to wear clown noses to make them seem less threatening as a compromise and as a pseudo-peaceful protest, Chase 73 reports that the population didn't realise just how many police had chorophobia. The fear of clowns. A shout went out, look, he's got a pie! 
and another black was tragically lost. The silent protests of the mimes saw more casualties as police opened fire on those who failed to identify themselves and those who were reaching for invisible weapons. Excessive use of tear gas was also employed. Ah, so a literal tears of a clown, then. Fuck off. They died, mate. I'm uh, starting to see a pattern emerge. Earth, Wind and Fire is where White J168 tells me they seem to have the best results of quelling the racism in the States. Finally, some good news. These events never even took place, as during the Civil War the cry went up, give me liberty or give me death from the black underclass. Unfortunately, the government figured out that death would be cheaper, so they killed all the black people. Fucking hell. Earth, Lilu Lyra, Madcat Lady, and Cheryl47, there is a female version of me, offers a ray of hope after successfully solving the What About White History Month conundrum by giving those who'd ever put that message up the month they desired in January, and the other 11 were dedicated to Black History Months. They're also compulsory learning too. <laughs> uh, Trump was impeached along with the rest of his staff and isolated on Quarantanamo Bay so as not to let it spread. Over in Britain, the idiots are overthrown as the public's thirst for online quizzing rewarded knowledge and intelligence rather than money and privilege. In a humiliating drubbing, Paul Sinner became the first openly Asian Prime Minister as Boris Johnson failed the final chase, not knowing the price of bread, how many children he had, what empathy was, and where Demonic Cummings was on the night of his wife's birthday. Finally, there's... Oh, there seems to be one here with no name. Um don't know which Che this is from, but... Well, anyway, this is where the world's major powers are led by corrupt, incompetent racists. Uh, the president alludes to peaceful protesters as terrorists. The UK prime minister is basically a racist. The MPs in his own party saying that arsonist looters have it coming. An equalities minister on the set on the Tory party as well. Dismissing Islamophobia in the party is overblown. And that black people have never had it so good. A home office that deported the wind... Oh. Ah, just had the browser open on my news. Christ, this is this is depressing, isn't it? Anyway, just to I don't know, finish this off, please just listen to those that are affected. Own your shit. Stop electing racists and stop killing us. Well, there you go. Shea Burnley with some words to live by. Unless, of course, a policeman happens to stop him the next time he's saying them. We're going to keep looking at America for our next story, in much the same way that you'd slow the car down to get a good look at a meaty traffic accident. It's impossible to talk about the tragedy of everything that's happened in the last ten days without addressing the fascist masquerading as an elephant in the room. Here's Tom King with a report on the President's response to the crisis. I want the organisers of this terror to be on notice that you will face severe criminal penalties and lengthy sentences in jail. This includes Antifa and others who are leading instigators of this violence. Thanks, Sam. Cometh the hour, cometh the man. It's been a big week for Donald Trump in the US. He's been gagging for a fight to rile up his base for some time now, and after a week of nationwide protests following the death of George Floyd, it seems like he's finally picked one. The radical left have been the president's personal nemesis for some time now, and he's finally had enough. This week, he once again declared via tweet that the US would be branding Antifa as a terrorist organisation, and this time, he's straining hard enough that he might just follow through. It's a mess. A mess. Now, 
You might think that this week was the time to reach across America's racial divide in an attempt to heal some of its systemic prejudices and gaping historical wounds. It was, in fact, the week to literally tear gas a priest for the sake of a photo op. After Trump ran to the basement and turned off the lights at the White House like he was an ample-breasted teenager hiding from Jason Voorhees, he gained himself another unflattering nickname on social media. Bunker Baby started trending almost immediately, and it didn't just penetrate several feet of reinforced concrete and steel, it also went straight through Trump's notoriously thin skin. Showing his trademark cool head and even temperament in the face of ridicule, the president was quick to react with all the patience of your average nightclub bouncer, tear-gassing a peaceful protest and driving it back with flashbangs so he could look tough in front of a church with a Bible, which he was holding upside down and the wrong way round. Fucking idiot. Pointing the finger at the radical left for all of America's ills is Trump 101, and throughout this crisis the president has been blaming outside agitators and agents of chaos for the protests sweeping the nation. The problem with branding Antifa a terrorist organisation, however, is that Antifa isn't an organisation in the first place. It's an activist movement consisting of autonomous groups with no hierarchy or easily verifiable membership. On top of that, there's no legal process in American law by which a domestic group can be effectively labelled a terrorist organisation in the first place. What Trump is essentially threatening to do is to create a legal definition by which just about anyone who protests and opposes his government can effectively be treated as a terrorist under the law. It's horrifying 21st century McCarthyism that shits all over the First Amendment and Republicans are lapping it up. Now, Trump's personal colon inspector and human avatar of everything Florida, Matt Gates, was censored by Twitter for inciting violence when he called for the government to hunt down Itifa like we do in the Middle East. Senator Tom Cotton called for the 101st Airborne to be deployed against the insurrection, despite the fact that between 1939 and 1945, the 101st Airborne weren't exactly pro-fascist themselves. And here's the really fun thing. The FBI's Washington field office has claimed following the violence of protests on the 31st of May that it could find no intelligence indicating Antifa involvement. What we have had, however, is verifiable proof of far-right groups posing as Antifa on social media in order to try and inflame tensions and incite violence. Defining your political opponents as terrorists, delegitimizing all opposition, militarizing the police and aiming it at the citizenry. There's really only one word for all of this, and it's fucking fascism. Now, if only there was some sort of organization who was against that sort of thing. I'm Tom King, probably on a short list to end up in a gulag with the Mexicans now, reporting for IC News. In the good old days, this doesn't happen because they used to treat them very, very rough. And when they protested once, you know, they would not do it again so easily. We've become weak. We've become weak. Now, from one horrifically malfunctioning government to another, it's time to return to Britain here on Earth Prime. This week saw MPs return to work in the House of Commons, and it was only a few days before politicians of every creed were collectively clenching their buttocks, as it appeared that Business Secretary Alok Sharma fell ill at the dispatch box. He's since tested negative for COVID-19, 
but the incident once again raised questions about Parliament's functionality in the face of social distancing. Our undercover reporter Danny Sutcliffe has been deeply embedded in the Westminster machine this week as we sent him to investigate. Hi Sam. That's right. This week I've donned a suit, I've trimmed my hair and I've watched a Soho rent boy die during a failed chemsex experiment, all in the name of effectively getting into character as a Conservative MP. This week Parliament voted to end the hybrid proceedings, which, to be fair, made a lot of sense to me. I wasted years experimenting with hybrids, and it turns out it's really difficult to get a cat and a dog to fuck. I think even for you, Danny, it's probably a bit early to be going off on a tangent. Perhaps you can explain in layman's terms just what's been going on. The secret is, is that you actually need the cat to be the plug, not the socket. Danny. All right, keep your hair on. I'm getting to it. Basically, this week, Jacob Rees-Mogg got what he wanted, and MPs approved his plans to ditch remote proceedings and return to voting in person. Social distancing meant the end result was a winding line of politicians that wrapped around the building, a bit like a cheese fueled nightmare in which you get stuck queuing for nemesis with every awful cunt you've ever met. Except at the end of it, there's no roller coaster. You just say yes or no to some bloke in a cape, and I assume your answer depends on what he says he's got in his van. It looked fucking daft, to be honest, but I wanted in. Which is why I jumped to security fence and snuck into the queue when nobody was watching. Really? It was that easy? I did get stopped by security at one point, but I just said I was there to do the daily briefing. They let any fucker on that thing, which I can only assume is why they waved me through. So what did you find out? First of all, a lot of MPs are suspicious fuckers, particularly if you've ripped the arse of your pants jumping a fence. Lisa Nandy started questioning me immediately, but I whispered, Hail Hydra, into her ear, and then she left me alone. Secondly, this system doesn't work at all. Everybody was fucking livid, huddling around and moaning in doorways, breathing down each other's necks. You'd think Jacob Rees-Mogg would have learned his lesson about all this 200 years ago. You know, when he personally watched cholera rip through the workhouses he owned. Or you don't think it set an example for the rest of us like he wanted, then? Actually, I think most of the country would quite happily queue in a garden for 70 grand a year at this point. Fair point, but I mean in terms of how we should all be preparing to return to work. Of course it fucking didn't. For a start, Rees-Mogg's bollocks justification for this change was that remote voting was inefficient, and this took fucking hours. We've all seen the Ask the Audience buttons on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and they take seconds. And you can't cheat like that major did if everyone's coughing, can you? Which they soon will be. Another week like this and we'll end up with by-elections every fortnight. It was obvious from the very beginning that this plan was never about restoring proper scrutiny to Parliament. It was about pushing people back to work before it's properly safe, both here in Westminster and all around the country. It came with a tidy added bonus of putting more cheerleaders behind Boris at the dispatch box. Imagine taking all this risk just to find out that even with the boys behind him, he's still a floundering and fundamentally useless bag of shit under scrutiny. So how do you feel the Alok Sharma false alarm is going to affect all of this? Ah, fuck knows. Sure, it drives home just how unsafe everything Parliament is doing might be, but that's the case all over the country, isn't it? We're all being asked to take a massive gamble that puts disabled and vulnerable groups in potential danger. We're all doing it because some out-of-touch Victorian poltergeist has decided we have to. This is just the start of it. We're not just queuing for Nemesis anymore. We're queuing for the fucking Smiler and no one's getting out of here with their legs intact. Quite. Well, thanks for the insight, Danny. You're welcome. 
Now, if you don't mind, I've got a load of beak to go and sell to Michael Gove. Michael, old bean! You better have my fucking money. I'm not shaking that damn hand of yours for nothing. Danny's report brings us to the end of our programme for this week. Don't forget, we're back each and every Saturday at 8am, and will be until the world ends, which at this rate I can only assume is in the next three to four weeks. We leave you now with the stories you may have missed, presumably because you were distracted by the fact that everything around you is on fire. Elon Musk calls for the breakup of Amazon in a prologue to Animal Farm in which two humans throttle each other in a cowshed full of money. Matt Hancock warns the British public to avoid large protests to prevent spreading the coronavirus, just in case you were wondering who'll get the blame for a second spike in a few weeks' time. The University of Oxford pulls hydroxychloroquine from its treatment trial after it fails to help COVID-19 patients, and will be moving straight on to the President's latest preferred cocktail of snake oil and bleach in a lightbulb-shaped suppository. And finally, the porn star Nacho Vidal is held by authorities in Spain after a man dies ingesting toad venom at his house, in a story that somehow doesn't even break the top ten of the weirdest shit that's happened in 2020. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you, and goodbye. You've just been listening to the IC News Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, as we release new episodes each and every Saturday. Share the link. Tell your friends about us. Leave us a rating and a review, and help to spread the word. This episode of IC News was produced by Sam Gore and written by Sam Gore and Che Burnley. In this episode you heard both of their voices, as well as the voices of Allison June Smith, Tom King, and Danny Sutcliffe. The IC News theme is written and performed by Eddie French and the graphic design is by Chumchi.com.